0: Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record today, the Bunerong, Boon Wurrung and Wurundjeri Woi Wurrung peoples of the Eastern Kulin Nation, and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Oh, no, no, the beast! Love the beast! Love the beast! I went up to her and I said... Oh, what did you say? Not the bees! Whoa. Whoa. That, you topical. told her. I, she And and she knew what we were talking about. Yeah, she definitely did. And guess what it is? It's not the bees time, Liam. Oh, boy. I was just sitting here with my microphone. Just what a... What waiting a, for something to happen. Yeah, what a fun coincidence. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Not the Bees, the podcast where we go through every single one of Nicolas Cage's films in chronological order and discuss them. My name's Lawrence. I'm here, as always, weekly with my friend, housemate, and conductor of the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, Liam. Uh really pretty bad time to be appointed the
1: conductor of the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, given that nobody's really going to the symphony anymore. But yeah. I'm, I'm determined to make the most
0: of it. You And I love the changes you've brought in. Yeah. Um, would you like to talk about those? I
1: have... The full orchestra living with us in our apartment. Yes. All of them. I've, I've kind of um, sequestered them in both of our rooms yeah. for the duration of the podcast recording. The uh, the brass section are complete dicks. Oh, oh, absolutely. The brass section. If you play a brass instrument, you suck. You're a horrible person.
0: <laughs> no, Liam. It, that, <laughs> no. Uh, only, only, only the people living with us. They, they know what they do. Yeah, that is very true. Nothing but love for all brass instruments humans uh, in, yeah. in the world. Woodwinds are a little weird, though. Woodwinds, yeah. Woodwinds are weird. Yeah. Got nothing against strings. No, strings are cool. Strings, strings know neutral. when to turn off the tap. Yeah. The yeah, watching, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're not here to talk about instruments, Liam. What? I know. Oh, We're no. here to talk about Nicholas Cage. Oh, okay. You silly fungus. Sorry. Here I we got, go. I got carried away. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, we, have, we watched a film this week. We found it on... YouTube, yeah, you can get it uh, for 4.99 in HD or sound definition for 3.99. We went for the HD option. I don't think it really added anything to the experience, aside from probably just seeing his chest hair in greater definition. Yeah, you can make out the hair individually, and really
1: kind of um, picking out the contours of his ass or his no ass. Don't lie, there is no ass. That is true. How There's no you ass. How can pick
0: up a contour on a flat line?
1: That is very true. Well, it's just it's good that we watched it in. HD then just so we could make sure that there was no ass we could really inspect it and see for certain that
0: there was no ass present and there really wasn't if this is your first time joining us each week we will be bringing you the the hot take on whether Nicolas Cage has at any point developed an ass. Uh, um, still hasn't. Still hasn't. Still That's, no ass. Uh, nine, we're coming in at 1984. Still no yeah. ass.
1: Yeah. Filmed kind of at the tail end of 1983. Released in yep. March of 1984.
0: And what is this film? It's called Racing with the Moon. It is called Racing with the Moon. Um, I'll give a. How about I give a brief synopsis so the listeners know what we're talking about. And then maybe you could hit us with who's in it. I mean, and, insofar as this movie has a plot. Sure. Go for it. <laughs> Here we go. In their last weeks before deployment to World War II as Marines, teenage friends Henry Nash, played by Sean Penn, and Nicky, Nicholas Cage, try to make the best of their time they have left in their small California town. When Nash spots Caddy? Kat- Caddy? Caddy. Caddy. Winger. I watched this from last night, I should know this. <laughs> Caddy Winger, played by Elizabeth McGovern, a new girl in town he mistakenly believes to be wealthy, he sets about winning her over. But... The good times are ruined when Nicky finds himself trying to solve a serious predicament and implicating Nash and Caddy in the process. Oof. Oof. That is, we'll get to the serious predicament. Oh, we will. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the general overview, and it's set in uh, 1942? Yeah. Uh, Christmas time, 1942, and then kind of into 1943. Yeah. It's, it, the whole film takes place over a month because it, it opens with um, uh, the boys saying, you know, it's a month to go. Yeah. That kind of. Um, that kind of paves the way. So so who's in it? Who's involved? Who Anyone of um, note?
1: So obviously, uh, Nicolas Cage. Yes. Otherwise, uh, we definitely wouldn't be talking about this. <laughs> we wouldn't um, have watched this film. Nicolas Cage plays Nikki, the sort of best friend character to the lead, uh, played by Sean Penn. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth McGovern plays the love interest, uh, if that name sounds at all familiar to you, you'll probably know her from Downton Abbey, mm-hmm. the one American woman <laughs> yeah. on Downton Abbey. She also played Wallace Simpson in The King's Speech. Yes. Uh, yeah, she's done a lot of work um, before that, but she's become kind of very well-known in the past 10 or so years mm-hmm. for those roles. Um, those are the kind of three main characters. There are also some uh, bit parts that have big names. Crispin Glover shows up again. Again? And again. of
0: course, this is... Well, where Where do we know that guy from? Oh, Damn.
1: boy. We know him from our very first episode, or our second episode, the very first film we ever watched, The Best of Times. Mm-hmm. He played the lead. In this one, he has a very, very small part. Literally one scene. Yeah, yeah. as a rich dick in a bowling alley. <laughs> um. So Sean Penn and Nick Cage work at this bowling alley come bar uh, yeah. and part of that involves this is before pin resetters the automated yeah. pin resetters the machines so they had to stand behind the uh the alleys and do it themselves mm. at the end um and Crispin Glover keeps just like winging balls down the um down the lane as they're trying to reset the pins and so eventually I, Nicolas Cage comes and just decks it. no Sean Penn oh is it Sean Penn, Sean Penn it's coming, Sean yeah. Penn who comes and just decks him yeah um, yeah. Which was very satisfying. I don't know about you, very satisfying for me to watch. <laughs> I enjoyed that so
0: much. To watch a new mild Sean Penn just punch out Crispin Glover. Yeah, who apparently is doing the same character from uh, from the Best of Times. Yeah, you can totally imagine this. This. Version called Gatsby Boys his official. T- not yeah. I know Dick in a Bowling Alley. That's sort of his descriptor. Yeah, that but was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can totally imagine me. Okay, Mom, Hi, work. These are my friends. Yeah, it's 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 the same guy. And yeah. he's wearing the most brilliant no dad jumper. This it's, it's pretty bad. Tech, no dad. It's uh, yeah, yeah. His hair's improved though from the yeah, last one. He doesn't have the
1: kind of Lego hair anymore. <laughs> it's been styled. To a degree. Yes, yes. They could afford more than one hairstyle on this film, which is a great relief. That's great. And the other name or the other face that we ended up recognizing Mm. was Michael
0: Madsen. And where would we know Michael Madsen Michael
1: Madsen has been, is probably most famous for all the Tarantino films that Mm. he's done Mm. in his career. He was in Reservoir Dogs. He was in Both Kill
0: Bills. He was in The Hateful Eight. He's the one in Reservoir Dogs, if you don't know. The one who does the, um, who puts on uh, the song, what's the song? Oh, uh, stuck in the middle uh, with you. That's right. Yeah. yeah, by Steeler's wheel, and he starts uh, starts carving up an individual. Yeah, brilliant scene. Yeah, that, that's, that's him. And he, he again, he pops in for one scene. He's playing uh, a return service uh, uh, soldier who's become an amputee. And mm-hmm. Crispin Glover, uh, uh, not, uh, not Crispin Glover. I, w- <laughs> I wish, Sean Penn um, is brought in to meet him, sort of tricked into meeting him. Yeah, and uh, he's, he's like, like, "Yeah, this is what this is what war does." Yeah, because I'm only four years older than you. And uh, look at me. I've got no leg.
1: <laughs> and that's kind of his role. That's, yeah, it was a very comments. gruff, very kind of uh, darkly comic yeah. turn. Yeah. Um, it was good. I thought it was, it was a did nice well. welcome surprise. And, yeah, uh, and who directed it? Uh, directed by a guy called Richard Benjamin, mm-hmm. who um, started out as an actor and kind of turned to directing. This was only the second cinematic release that he'd ever oh, okay. directed um but he was in kind of a much more high profile string of films as an actor he was in uh, an adaption of Portnoy's complaint which uh-huh. was written and directed by ernest lehman who also wrote uh the screenplay for west side story he wrote sure. the screenplay for who's afraid of virginia wolf right he wrote the screenplay for the sound of music
0: oh wow yeah, yeah a Amazing. lot of
1: big screenplays um he was in a film adaption of catch 22 by mike nichols Oh yeah, uh, where he played a supporting role, and he was in the original Westworld.
0: Wow! Yeah,
1: very fun. That's very cool. Um, he, and he he directed. He kind of turned to directing. Never really stopped acting, but he I think he turned more to directing. Sure. Later in his career, right? right. Um, it was uh written by a guy called Steve Cloves. Clovis. 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 Steve Clovis. Steve Clovis. Steve Clovis. Oh, see, I I thought it was Cloves, like the you know. <sighs> The, like the plant, like the spice, yeah, the the <laughs> herb. Um, no, Steve Clovis, who I think we alluded to it last week. We did. He wrote the screenplays for most of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, I don't think he did uh, Order of the Phoenix, but I think he did most of the rest.
0: How was that's, that's the way... yeah. It's
1: weird that they kind of they skipped him. Yeah, yeah, and then he came back and he did the Half Blood Prince and both Deathly Hallows movies. Yeah,
0: how strange. That's that's my second favorite Harry Potter film that he didn't write.
1: What? The oh, Order of I, the Phoenix? I
0: think that's my second favorite one.
1: What's your favorite? Prisoner of Azkaban. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that is also my it's favorite. It's yeah. a great adaptation. Yeah, really. Um, That's very cool. And he, he also yeah. wrote
0: The Fabulous Baker
1: Boys. He did write The Fabulous Baker Boys. He's a very talented writer who uh, kind of fell asleep at the wheel on this one. <laughs> <laughs> he he well, wasn't... This
0: was his first movie, wasn't it?
1: Was it his first movie? Uh... Yeah. Ah. Well, okay. That makes more sense. He then wrote The Fabulous Baker Boys, and then a bit later he wrote The Wonder Boys. He was uh, ironing out some wrinkles (laughs) in this one. It was not great. Yeah. Um, Shot by a guy called John Bailey, who didn't really go on to do a whole lot. Nothing that I really recognized. It's a pity, because some of the cinematography in this was really
0: gorgeous. Yeah, well... That shot of them walking across the bridge in silhouette was I think that the landscape was
1: doing a lot of the work for it. That is true. It's really... This is set um, in Northern California, kind of northwest of San Francisco Francisco a couple of hours. I love that. I've been there many times. You've been up to... Yeah. um, It was filmed in a place called Fort Bragg, which is up. Uh, north of California For are kind of very the... cocky
0: people Yeah, yeah
1: They they will <laughs> let you know Every single thing that they've done In their lives uh, Yeah just northwest of San Francisco uh, On a budget of Six and a half million dollars Wow Yeah Do you want to know How much it made uh, Overall It's cumulative Worldwide Liam, I am positively
0: quivering In anticipation
1: uh, Well it did not make Its budget back But like just barely Like just okay. It was just under the budget enough to be kind of embarrassing um so it was (laughs) six and a half million dollars to make it made six million dollars six million forty five thousand six hundred and forty seven dollars yeah so it was just just like about yeah forty four hundred and fifty thousand short a pity yeah a real shame to think the success that this movie could have been.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, funnily enough, it got pretty good reviews. Oh, it did? I think, I think it's one of those... Uh, f- please pardon my squeaky chair if you can hear it. It's one of those films that, again, we look back on now. It's been interesting reading the, the contemporary reviews of it from the time. Mm. Um, where we look back and go, a lot of the behavior that these people are getting away with just would not fly yeah. um, today. Uh, but at the time, you know, Roger Ebert gave it three and a half stars. All right. Um, out of The four. same as Rumblefish. The same as Rumblefish. And he said, uh, uh, Racing with the Moon is a movie like Valley Girl Aww. Aww. or Baby It's You. Both came out in 1983. A movie that is interested in teenagers and willing to listen to how they talk and to observe with great tenderness, the fragility and importance of their first big loves. It's easy to end a movie with, I love you. That's literally the last line of the film. But it's hard to get there, honestly, and he seemed to really enjoy it. And even the New York Times gave it a pretty good review. Is it the last line of the film? Yes. I thought that it was um, when they're like agreeing
1: to race the, they're like, "Ready, buddy." Yeah, I think I think he yells it from the. Oh, does he? he? Yells it from the train. I yeah. had so checked out at that point. <laughs> I genuinely
0: was not paying attention. Liam and I, of course, we will get to whether uh, our, our thoughts on it later. But um, look. <laughs> We didn't like it. No, no. This was
1: the first movie that I felt was kind of an obligation to watch. Yeah, as opposed to, oh boy, here we go. Yeah, rather than something I was actually interested in seeing. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, It's bad.
0: But that's the flavor of the cage filmography. Yeah, true. You've got your high spice national treasure adaptations, and then you've got your regular dill... Of this, yeah, it's just dill. This it's movie just is straight this, dill. This is dill or coriander, depending on where you stand on the coriander debate. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's a mixture oh of my dill God, and coriander. It's a parasitic dill coriander blend. Yeah, Doriander. kill. <laughs> yes, kill this film. Yeah. Um. Having said that, though, we did both really enjoy Nicolas Cage. I, the acting in this is pretty good and I'd say Nicholas Cage is probably the standout. He's yeah. you know there's um n- there's a lack of chemistry between um the leads between uh, Elizabeth McGovern and Sean Penn. <laughs> Um, yep. Between um, Hopper and Caddy. Yeah, you're you're putting it. You're being very kind. Very. There's no chemistry, no. which is very bizarre because they actually developed a romantic interest with each other during this film and ended up living together. They did. They did. Jeez. They 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 had something of a of a of a little kissy kissy, oh. a little bit of rising with the moon, kissy kissy, autumn moon, fake playing the piano, kissy kissy.
1: Yeah, all the piano playing was yeah. fake. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Penn's meant to be really good at playing the piano, but you never see his face and his hands in the same shot. Yeah, blank, the one piano. time
0: you do see it, it's like one chord, yeah. and
1: then it cuts. Or he's playing, like, Heart and Soul or something so easy to play. Yeah, yeah, and
0: he's playing right down one end of the piano yeah, in a wide yeah. shot, yeah, while the high notes are playing at the same <laughs> time. Um, but Nicolas Cage playing Nicky, he's kind of great. And you and made an interesting observation there, is this scene, again, very naturalistic acting. Yeah. Um very much responding to sort of the pressures of 1943 and the draft and knowing they've been called up to go to war. The, the war for the US primarily at this point was in the Pacific. Um, they know that's where they're going. Nicholas Cage talks a lot about fighting Japs. Um, he's, cool. he's always on about fighting the Japs. I think and- I made a note of just
1: like, it was jarring just because it's a term that we don't use anymore. Well, because Japs. of, yeah, yeah calling yeah. people Japs. I was like, oh, this is fun, but just like, casually using the word jap.
0: I and mean, he says it pretty much every scene.
1: It's a lot. Yeah.
0: You There's a lot of it. And he's this very patriotic, you know, uh, young guy who, when he comes back, he doesn't want to come back to the small town. Um, and it, it is naturally, but there is this one brilliant scene where they both get very drunk. Mm. And you made a comment of, oh... That's beginning to look a lot like
1: Yeah, it Christmas. felt when they got drunk. And even kind of certain moments either side of it. Yeah. When he was getting really worked up or really emotional. It did, that performance started to feel like kind of a true Nick Cage performance. Like a Nick Cage performance that we might recognize. Yeah. Having seen... The films of his that we've seen. Yeah, it, the, the
0: non naturalism. Yeah. Uh, the, the, what, well, you know, I'm going to blanket term it because we haven't got to them yet in sure. the research, but you know, the more wacky. Yeah, yeah. Um, eccentric. A little more. Unhinged
1: isn't quite the right word, but yeah. more emotive. Yes. um, More heightened, more expressive.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of brilliant. Oh,
1: it's great. It really works for his character. Totally. I think playing off Sean Penn's relative kind of. Bland sausage. Nothing, yeah. Sean Penn, I think he's meant to come
0: off as charming, but
1: he's just so, like, so devoid of charisma.
0: Yeah. Also, he can't
1: kiss. No. Oh, it was terrible. Oh. I I do pin some of that on Elizabeth McGovern, though. Yeah, it it was the perfect storm. It was a combination. So Sean Penn opened his mouth too wide and moved his head too much, and Elizabeth McGovern did exactly the opposite yeah in that she kept her mouth a lot more closed than Sean Penn's they kiss a lot so I had a lot of time to think about this she closed her mouth a lot more compared to Sean Penn and did not move at all yeah so it was just Sean Penn like smothering
0: her just just wrapping his mouth around half her face kind of like CPR really yeah it was, it was CPR but if you just can't quite get comfortable
1: oh God it was so
0: bad it was but ba- and 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 we sure we saw Sean Penn's Balls. Yeah, just a hint. He saw pen balls. Oh. Yeah, which I think
1: was such a revelatory experience that it totally distracted from the fact that we see his whole ass. His
0: whole ass.
1: Yeah. Because we saw pen balls. We saw a little bit of pen. He leads Elizabeth McGovern to this secret secluded spot. Yeah, this lake. Um, yeah, that he and Nikki, uh used to go to a lot. And he was like, hey, let's cool off. And she's like, it's January, but he's already naked and diving into the water. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's like, hey, you can you can leave your underclothes on, you know, seeing as it's January and everything. Yeah, so so generous. generous. Oh,
1: what a gentleman. Exactly. Get. <laughs> I, I wrote a note. It's so. It was so much easier in the forties to get girls to go to really like seedy <sighs> locations with you. Yeah, pre zodiac. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, do you want to go to this secluded lake in the middle of the forest yeah. that I know about? Nobody knows about it other yeah. than
0: me. You want to come to this abandoned shack down by yeah, the cliffside? This burned-out old saloon. <laughs> Sounds romantic, really, and it, you know they 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 go skinny dipping in the lake, and then um, they end up having, you know, freezing cold, sopping wet sex on the grass. Yeah, afterwards, and 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 you freezing realize, cold, sopping wet, minimal movement, sex. minimal movement, bad kissing sex. And you, you, I was watching it, going, okay, probably when this came out, this was potentially a cute love story, but what it really reeks of today. Is this is just coercion? It yeah. It was I yeah. It was yeah, and it was sort of a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but you know that's that's the eighties playing the forties for -hmm. you. Um, yeah, and that kind of reeks of the whole again. I I wrote down a note. What is it with the eighties and stalking girls? Yeah. Like, we we happened in uh, it happened in Valley Girl. Yeah. It happened in a little bit in fast times at Ridgemont High, yeah, a little bit a little bit of stalky, um, uh, even sort of Kevin in um, the best of times, yeah in Kevin incessant pursuit. yeah, in in this, uh, Sean Penn um, sees Caddy coming into the diner where he and Nicky are uh, currently, and he jumps behind the counter and pretends to be a waiter at the diner and then she gets a slice of pie. Gets her wrapped up and heads home, and hops it, on a bus. He hops on a bus, but not on the way that you'd think. Yeah, that he hops so she's on a- she's in the back of the
1: bus, and he sprints after it. Yeah, and grabs onto the back and like peeks in For through the back. Window. Terminator
0: T one thousand just sprints after this thing, and there's this incredible shot down the back of the oh, bus it's where so good. it's just Sean Penn's illuminated red face from the tail lights staring at her through the back of um the bus, and then she gets off and walks to her house and and he jumps off and sort of follows her through the night and turns out Nikki's been trailing the bus as well. And he, this is just this is scary. It's pretty bad, yeah. Yeah. And and just the 80s have got a weird fascination with you know what this will get the girls. And it's
1: like it's a small town. It's not easy to sort yeah. of melt into the crowd or to hide from somebody
0: yeah. when they've decided
1: that they want to stalk you.
0: Everyone knows everyone. Everyone knows. Yeah. But though, coming back to Sean Penn uh, taking all his kit off, why does it look like all of his muscles are breast implants? It was a, he had a very weirdly defined musculature, very muscular but also very gelatinous.
1: Yeah, that weird. It was that weird kind of like, sort of teenage boy body before <laughs> you start really developing any kind of substantial body fat, where yeah. you're just like lines and angles.
0: Then why doesn't Nicolas Cage have ass?
1: Ugh. Again, lines and angles. Oh, oh, that's just it's the just a straight and then line. And then the angle is the foot. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And then there's a right angle at the heel. <laughs> and then another line
0: is his sole. And what what is the first shot of Nicolas Cage we see in this film? Oh, it's him um, stacking pins. That's right. In the bowling, in the bowling alley. alley. Um,
1: again, sweaty cage. Yeah, it was a good sweaty cage good. shot. Yeah. He's sweaty a lot in this movie. He's sweaty
0: in a lot of his films yeah. that we've seen. I, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He is, come to think of it. We're going to retitle Not the Bees, The Sweatiest Cage. The Sweatiest Cage. We'll rank
1: all of these films at the end by level of sweat. Yeah. I think Rumblefish is a contender for number I one. I mean,
0: yeah, that would be that would be hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, who knows with the crudes though. I think, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Those individually animated drops oh, of G-force, sweat. G-Force, guinea pig sweat.
1: Oh, he's a mole in that Oh, he's that a mole. Even better, he sweaty mole. Mole sweat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not an image I expected to <laughs>
0: conjure up when I woke up this morning. There's, there's a weird thing. Um, you know, I, there are some poignant moments in this film. There, are, you know, the pressures of going off to to war, as we've spoken yeah, about. Yeah, um, yeah, and because um, you know, we look back at that and go, "Oh God, the Pacific was just." A horrendous, a, a yeah. horrendous shit show, Theatre of War. Yeah. Um, as were they all, but um, particular um, viciousness in the Pacific. Um, and so we look back at it through Roasting the Glasses and go, these boys have got no idea what they're going to go into. Yeah.
1: And I mean, it didn't
0: help. Uh,
1: just a, a lot of the kind of propaganda surrounding it was... Yeah, you see
0: a lot of newsreels. Yeah. In this.
1: You go to the movies to watch the news. Yeah. Back when that was the only place you could get the news. Yeah. Yeah. And they were. there was this... Um, Segment calling for 18 to 19-year-olds to sign up to the military. We need young boys. We need twinks. <laughs> America needs your twinks.
0: Horrible. Yeah, really bad. Just horrible. <laughs> but, and, and there's there's something I picked up on is, um, Sean Penn's dad is a grave digger. Yeah. And right at the very first time we meet him... Um, uh, the dad's coming into the house Sean Penn is going out of the house And the dad says uh, Hey there, Argus And Sean Penn says Dad, Argus is the dog I'm Henry Yeah And first I'm like Oh, that's super weird And then I realise Oh, hang on The dad is exhausted From being overworked From having to bury so many ah. Returned service people Right um, yeah. And I just went Oh, oh yeah That kind of makes sense I thought
1: he just hated his son <laughs> 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 hello argus dad argus is the dog i'm henry i know what i said
0: <laughs> not anymore mm. argus is now my son yes <laughs> be, be gone with ye! <laughs> you want a snack here eat out of this bowl, dad i don't want to eat out the bowl. it suddenly turns into solo or 120 days of sodom oh oh dear um if you don't understand that reference, Google Salo S A L O oh. or 120 Days of Sodom. Alternatively, you could not do that. Or you could burn out your eyes. Yeah, and live a much happier life. I'm not even gonna go into what that is. If you if you want to look it up, that's on you. We've guaranteed
1: now that everybody who listens to this podcast is, is gonna, gonna Google go and look it up. Salo or 120 what Days have of Sodom.
0: Done? What do we know? Hey, you were the one who said Google it. I regret everything. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm um what else is that there's there's, there's... just a disclaimer
1: um we're putting the amount of effort into this podcast proportional to the amount that we enjoyed
0: the movie (laughs) which is to say minimal there's not a lot to find out about the film no it's not like rumblefish which being a coppola film has been dissected and everything and examined and you know Nicolas cage's 90s films we've got It just kind of slipped under the radar this film yeah really there was a moment that i really loved which is um Nicola, uh Sean Penn is stalking Caddy uh, through the town and uh, follows, he's on a beach and he sees her go to the library because, you know, she works at the library and Sean Penn runs up to the library and this doddery old man comes out the library with a walking stick and then just proceeds to sort of batter Sean Penn with it for a bit and then charges off laughing and Sean Penn just goes, aha, good one, Elmer. And he never shows back he never up. never shows up again. That is that man's one scene. <laughs> Elmer exists purely to beat minors and then run cackling into the distance. Yeah. He's just <laughs> the town
1: loony assaulting children with his cane.
0: It was quite... We kind of looked at each other as if we both... Not sure whether we both experienced it, the same it, thing. It did feel like a collective hallucination. Yeah. It was very bizarre. But and the structure of this whole film is 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 wrong. Mm, it's mm-hmm. there's a lot of things. So there's um what is the big predicament that Nicky gets his his chums into? Leah? So what the big happens? predicament
1: that Nicky gets his chums into doesn't actually happen until midway through the movie. There's yeah. no. It, it did fe- the whole movie did feel a bit disjointed, in that this kind of like climactic moment yeah. was not present in the film yeah for a substantial portion of it it's not like there was kind of much of a lead up to it there, there was no kind of arc i didn't feel it just kind of came and then that provided the sort of tension for the latter half of the film yeah yeah
0: and then it was resolved as opposed to being like a nice gradual arc it was sort of just an ecg ping yeah yeah and then back to flatlining yeah yeah
1: so nicholas cage is sort of seeing and sleeping with this girl and he gets her pregnant and they have to somehow find 150 dollars for an abortion yeah um before nikki goes off to war yes uh so that's kind of the the driving force of maybe the final half or the final third of the film yeah yeah um yeah they go to a pool hall and try and hustle some money from a bunch of returned sailors yeah really um And it it doesn't work. No. No. Uh, And so eventually they ask, because they think Caddy, because they see her going into and coming out of this really big, ornate house, they think she's rich. Mm. Uh, But it turns out that her mother is just the uh, maid Mm. there and that it's owned by another family. And so there's this whole um, uh, sort of misunderstanding. So they ask Caddy if she Mm. can come up with $150, and she's like, She doesn't want to disappoint Sean Penn, Mm, which, mm. like, sure. Okay. Uh, (sighs) No, I'm like, you've known this boy for, uh, what, three weeks max? Maximum. He is um, devoid of any sort of charisma or appeal. He's coerced you into sleeping with him. Yeah, exactly. And now he's like, hey, can you get $150, not for me, but for my friend who knocked up some other girl? Yeah. So, so that she can, can get an help. abortion. Yeah. It uh, was an illegal procedure at
0: this time and also incredibly dangerous. Yeah.
1: They keep talking about, I want to get a clean abortion. And then they rock up to this, like, trailer in the in, middle in of the swamp. woods. In a <laughs> swamp. And I'm like, yes,
0: a clean abortion. <laughs> Reminded me of that the very end of Monsters, Inc. when Randall gets sent to that trailer. Do you, you remember that? I never thought that an abortion would remind you of Monsters, Inc. It, was just that it, was just,
1: it wasn't the abortion, it was the trailer, you weirdo. <laughs> yeah, but like the... Oh, it was... Okay. <laughs> yeah yeah i i see what you mean yes they are similar trailers similar trailers i just thought hey you don't know what's happening in that trailer in monsters inc yeah
0: dude they're still going yeah still yeah doing it's abortions. the same
1: trailer oh um it'll be fun to see if this makes it into the podcast yes uh yeah so then caddy to mm. come up with 150 dollars she goes So she's friends with the daughter of the family that owns this house. And Mm. she sneaks into her room and steals this big string of pearls Mm. that the daughter received earlier in the movie. Um, And then the daughter comes in, the friend, and catches her. And she's Mm. like, what do you need the pearls for? And Caddy's like, oh, I need some money to give to somebody for a thing. Mm. And the girl's like, yeah, okay. And then that's that. And then
0: that's it. Yeah, that's that thread resolved. And then afterwards, um, Caddy gets very angry at uh, Nikki and... um, What's his name? Hopper? Is it Hopper? Henry? Henry. Henry. Yeah. Henry. Yeah. He's his nickname's Hopper. Yeah. Um, because you know the, he he didn't treat her right and everything and then Hopper gets mad at Nikki because he didn't treat his girlfriend right going to get the abortion everybody and gets mad at everybody everybody gets mad at everyone and um, but this it's all resolved with, right? it's, it's like 10 minutes to go in the movie yeah and this and and big then all this fallout happens. happens and it's resolved instantly when Hopper gives Caddy a pair of shoes that she tried on earlier in the film right before he goes to war Yeah, and she's like oh I got shoes he loves me. Yeah, it was really... He He was he knew what shoes I wanted. Yeah. Oh, my God. He does care. Yeah. The bar was so low. The bar was very low. Yeah, if that's all it took, just buying shoes. Yeah. I, uh, jeepers. Mm. Uh, it's a sorry state of affairs. Yeah, really. The 1940s were a different time. A different time. They, we live in a society. We live... Oh, that is what they tell me. <laughs> and then it just kind of ends. The boys go off to war... And that's it. Yep. And there's no indication to what happens. No. The last scene, racing after a train. Um, I think it's called Racing with the Moon because there there is a scene where it's lit by moonlight. Yeah. And they're racing after a train. Yeah. Which or is, is it fun. like the kind of headlight in the front of the train at night, sort of looks like uh, a moon? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
1: It is something to do with the train. I just don't know what.
0: I have a fun piece of trivia for you. What's the trivia? With um, regard regarding said aforementioned collectively as such. Train. Oh, just just out with it. Okay, here we go. So the shots with Sean Penn and Nicholas Cage, they're standing on the railway tracks, and a train is coming towards them. Choo-choo, here it comes. Yeah. Right? And you think, oh, are they going to get squelched by the train? But no, they suddenly jump off the tracks, and they start racing alongside it, and they jump on the train. Yeah. That shot of them with the train speeding towards to squelch them wasn't actually shot like that, Liam. How was it shot? Clever trickery was
1: involved. You mean Sean Penn and Nicolas Cage didn't risk death by standing in front of an oncoming train? I don't know about Sean Penn, but Nicolas Cage, he he did. That's (laughs) what? Nicolas Cage, that's his church. Every Sunday he goes to like... Just plays chicken. Yeah, an old train track in the middle
0: of the woods and plays chicken with steam trains. What they actually did was they set up a humongous mirror uh, positioned on the track. And then the camera shooting into it, rather than the oncoming locomotive, to give it the illusion that the train is actually coming towards them, when in reality the train is on a set of tracks nearby. Huh? Isn't that wild? That seems
1: like a lot of effort to go to for that shot. Like it seems to not get squelched. Yeah, it seems like there's a much simpler way to do that, rather than get like a big ass mirror.
0: Yeah, and reflect it onto another. Yeah. Yeah, another set of tracks. Yeah. prop I mean pr- probably probably yeah. mm. but you know the 80s is the 40s again it was a different time yeah the... they did things
1: with mirrors back then see Ugh. yeah kids with ourCT eyes the days <sighs> before electricity they had to do things analog all of my trains are crank powered <laughs> it's just two men on bicycle pedals <laughs>
0: It's just a thousand guinea pigs and a giant wheel. That's yeah. right. It's G-Force.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. The G-Force and Racing with the Moon exist in the same universe. Again, it yeah. all
0: comes back to that.
1: Nicolas Cage, like Dune style. <laughs> like, you know, Paul slowly transforms into a sandworm yeah. over the course of the Dune books. Uh, Nicolas Cage transforms into a mole <laughs> after he comes back from uh, uh, the Pacific theater.
0: <laughs> but no, but not like involuntarily. He actively transforms Yeah, he cultivates a mole. it. Because, you know, that's... There's some tasty grubs down there in that earth. Yeah, he brings a whole new meaning to the phrase
1: going underground. Yeah. Like, literally. He was a mole. He was a mole. He was a mole. A
0: mole for... In post-war America. A mole for (laughs) nobody but himself. He he is good in this film. He is very good. He is good. And uh, I wrote down just one line that really stuck out to me, which I'd love to know whether it was improvised or not. Drunk Nick Cage about to go into a tattoo parlor because he wants to get a giant bald eagle on his chest. You know, can you imagine... When I come up on the beach with the American eagle on my chest, with the Japanese, they're going to be so frightened. And so right before he goes into the tattoo parlor, he just exclaims, Jesus, they're balls. And then he goes in. And it's incredible. Drunk Nicolas Cage is
1: cinema. Drunk Nicolas Cage. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the only... Seen that he wasn't drunk while shooting. All the other ones he got plastered. Yeah, just that one was
0: sober, Nick Cage. Yeah. Though <laughs> <laughs> I did find out something interesting about the um about the bowling alley because when when we were looking at it, yeah, uh, you wondered whether or not it was it, built just for the movie just from scratch. Yeah, um, and uh, it turns out it is. Ah, oh. it was built from scratch wow. for the movie. They had to every. Uh, they brought in for the um, pin resetting thing, the hand-operated pin resetting thing, that was sourced specially because there weren't very many yeah, left of in existence because they were all automated by the 80s. Um, but yeah, the entire set was built from, uh, built, built from scratch from the ground the ground. Can you imagine? This movie would have made back its budget had they not built they a alley from scratch. Yeah, if they just found like an old RSL yeah. and just constructed a little bit of the set. Yeah, they
1: could have shaved... A whole lot of money off of the budget by not constructing their own
0: bowling alley. Well, I know where most of the budget actually went. To the bowling alley? No. To Nicolas Cage? No. Where? To Sean Penn's moisturizer. Because that man smokes so many cigarettes in this film that you look at current scrotum like Sean Penn and you go, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Most of the budget went to keeping Sean Penn silky smooth. That. With a lot of. A a lot of Vaseline. That actually tracks.
1: I'm not sure why I didn't think of that (laughs) before. Sean Penn does have, like, sort of statuesque alabaster skin in this movie.
0: And then you look at him today and you go, oh.
1: It all caught up with him. It did. Yeah. All those, all
0: them Siggy rats.
1: If you had just, if you had shown just this movie to me and I didn't know anything else about Sean Penn and Nick Cage and you asked me which one I thought had more Oscars. Yeah. I would not tell you Sean Penn.
0: Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, Nick Cage, dead. he's making interesting choices. Yep. He's he's pretty funny at yeah. points.
1: I mean, it's a bad film. What genre, speaking of funny, what genre is this movie? Because I genuinely don't know. Yes. Yeah, okay. It is a genre. It or is. Or
0: maybe two. All, all of them. Yeah, at, at once. Both horror, gothic, and horror, body horror, and horror, <laughs> jump scare. Looking at Sean Penn in any movie
1: automatically makes it body horror. <laughs> It's like when you take all of the paints and you mix them together
0: and you get brown. Yeah. That was this movie. <laughs> it, 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 it kind of does defy categorization. Yeah. Is it a rom-com? Well, not really. No. Because it doesn't have much rom or com.
1: It, it's got, it doesn't have enough com to make it a rom-com, but it yeah. has too much com to make it like a romantic drama. Yeah.
0: But then it doesn't have enough dram yeah, to make it a rom-dram, no rom-dram, or, r- dram. Or, or even enough comedy dram to make it a dramedy. It it's definitely got shades of am-dram. Am-dram. Oh oh, little am-dram also. Yeah, am-dram. Uh, uh, Very nice. Thank you. Yeah, and then and then it does. It definitely has no sci-fi. No. I mean, I mean, I mean the only sci-fi in it is 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 a world where uh, you can go out into the middle of a swamp and get an abortion. And come back and yeah, you know what? Yeah, fine. Yeah, really. That was the only thing that I was like, this defies science and belief. Yeah. But that's it. Maybe it's a maybe it's an animated film. I think it might be an animated it film. It could be an animated film. Honestly. Nicholas Cage's first animated film yeah. was not G Force. It was Running with the Moon. They from had in nineteen eighty four. They had to bring in a special studio just
1: to animate Sean Penn. <laughs>
0: Just to pull back all the wrinkles.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was a, a kind of bespoke job. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't outsource it like they do now. They, they really had to bring in specialists. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, there, there, There's one really good sequence in this film, which is the pool sequence. The pool sequence was fun to watch. But then it was entirely unearned or and, and unjustified because it's never established that Sean Penn is good at pool. Yeah. It's just, hey... Let's go get some money. Oh, and it turns out Sean Penn is a wizard at pool, but still yeah. not good
1: enough. That they did this thing a summer ago to get some money where they yeah. hustled some people at pool. So like,
0: let's do that again. Let's do that again. And, it's one, and then they just go into it. And so your stake in it is really limited. But I mean, it's a, it's a cool sequence. It it's shot a good well. sequence. Um, it
1: felt a little bit like its own short film yeah. within the movie. Yeah. Like you could have excerpted that little bit. Hustling sailors. Yeah. yeah. It, that, it, that would have been a fun just little short maybe before the movie starts yeah like Pixar style
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. it is an
1: animated film after all it is a, there we go yeah
0: there we go so that would that could have been the animated short before the feature length movie and just the other the other good sequence is when Elizabeth McGovern is crying and you can you literally can't tell what she's saying it's just an <laughs> animated movie and that's it for yeah. like two minutes and you go i i guess
1: so we've talked a lot about sean penn and Nicolas cage but what did you think of elizabeth mcgovern yeah she had a little bit more personality than sean penn but
0: yeah but by the, even by that point i mean yeah. they're all kind of in the shadow of the cage very in true. this film um yeah it, you know it's okay well yeah it's uh the scenery's gorgeous. The film is just kind of mm. mm-hmm. again, it's, it does is mm. yeah, there's just not a lot happened. No, I'm sure film critics may look at it and go, oh yes, what a poignant look at you know mid-war America and youth and all this sort of stuff. I don't know, it just didn't translate for me. No, it it didn't strike a chord with me either. Let's give it a rating out of uh, oh, what should we give it out of out of dickhead. Dickhead crispin glovers. Out of dickhead crispin glovers. How many dickhead out of a out of a possible seven and a half dickhead crispin glovers. Two. Yeah. I'm giving it a solid two dickhead crispin glovers. I wanna join you on it. I, it's just mm, I didn't care about the people. No. The situation. Uh, I didn't watch it for Nick Cage. I mean, he's oh, yeah. entertaining. It's um, a
1: movie for Nick Cage completists more than yes. anything else. Yeah. For the true cinephile. Yeah. Um,
0: but other than that, there's not really... That's kind of it. There isn't a huge amount to say about this film. So this is a podcast where we're going to be tracking in a little, a little below. I know.
1: We've been worried about the length of the podcasts for the last couple of episodes, but this is the first one where I think we might actually come in exactly where we want to come in. On time
0: in. and under budget. Yeah. Great. Unlike this movie. <laughs> <laughs> On... On time and recuperating nothing. Yeah. What is our next film? You- uh, next film, another Francis Ford Coppola
1: joint, The Ooh. Cotton Club. Oh,
0: The Cotton yeah. Club. I a, love
1: cotton candy. A historical piece about the real life jazz club, The Cotton Club in the 1930s. Yeah. Okay. Um, starring Richard Tiffany Gear.
0: Ooh.
1: Yeah. The Tiff. The Tiff. <laughs> Rich Tiff Gear. Yes. Uh, and. Nicolas Cage, obviously. Yeah. Um, who else is in it? Diane Lane again oh, yeah, great. comes back. Great, another Diane Lane. Another Diane Lane. Bob Hoskins is in it. I love Bob. I
0: love Bob Hoskins. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Bob
1: Hoskins yeah. plays a character called uh, Oni Madden. Great. Do you think
0: that he does like an English, like his typical? Well, I think yeah. Bob Hoskins' American accent is flawless. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I love his. I love his English accent though. And uh, Lawrence Fishburne comes and back again, for another small part. Well, what, how bizarre. That- Still as Larry Fishburne, he plays a character called Bumpy Roads. Bumpy Roads. Bumpy Roads. <laughs> so this film and the, and, and the next film have got a, a re- reoccurring cast. You know, we've obviously got Sean Penn and Nick Cage in this one from Fast Times. And, yep. And uh, Glover and Cage from uh, Best of Times. And then this one, it's sort of something of a rumble fish yeah. reunion. Yeah, yeah, So that's yeah. exciting. Um. I believe you can find it on uh, Apple TV and Amazon. Can't find it on Apple TV. Not on I Apple checked. TV. Amazon okay. and um, Google Play or Google Play. YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Our YouTube best bets. If we can find any more, we'll preface that at the start of the next episode. Um, thank you for joining us on this on this rather bizarre uh, episode. Yeah. An off week. An off week. We we promise to bring you more japery and uh, and zesty sources with a better film. With a with just with just a better film. Yeah, it, it's tough because it isn't. It wasn't so bad that there's a lot to ridicule. Yeah, it wasn't the best of times. Bad. It, yeah, I mean that that was just that was gold. Yeah, that was
1: genuine fun to watch.
0: This was just sort of there. Uh, yeah, sort of a wet fart. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think we might have a couple of those before we get to some of the good ones.
0: That's okay. Maybe we'll combine them. We'll we'll watch. Yeah, we'll figure we'll it out. we'll see. We but until then, join us next week, Uh won't you? Because we'll be here. Still in lockdown. Nowhere else to go. Nowhere else to go. We tried to leave, but they chased us back. We got shot. Yeah. But you know what? It makes for a good story, Liam. It does. Something we can tell our grandkids. Yeah. 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 About the time that we broke the law. And got shot. And got shot. But took a lot of them down with us. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Until then, we'll see you next time. My name's Lawrence. And I'm Liam. And this has been Not The Bees.